Attention audience, that's right, we're back with the start of our four-part season two finale, which we like to call March Madness. Now, we all have our movies that we think are fantastic, ones that inspire, ones that cons we consider legendary, ones that are memorable, or even ones that we consider special. But we decided that the only thing to do is to have a tournament that where we can decide what we consider are the perfect films. With that, we have a special guest with us today. Um, Eric, you want to take over for a second? Sorry, I just <laughs> get my notes. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll take over. Ladies and sorry, sorry. Thank no, you no, for sorry. Doing this. <laughs> I, I was trying. Thank I was you. going somewhere else, and I, I, I'm completely drew blank. I'm so sorry, Beck. It's good, man. Fuck Back it, garbage today. truck on fire. That's what we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for Sorry, I was going somewhere else. <laughs> for our March Madness tournament. As Jordan mentioned, we are looking for the most quote-unquote perfect film. Um, our guest judge today, you should all be very familiar with from his Irishman episode um, a couple weeks back. My little brother Beck is joining us yet again as, as our guest judge for this tournament. Because what's a tournament with just two people when you, when you have to vote? You need the tiebreaker. You need the man himself, Beck. Beck, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. <laughs> Jordan, do you, do you have your notes together? Are we, are we ready no, to I, continue? No, I'm on? good. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted something else. My, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm good. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I was looking at something and something popped up and notifications. I just got distracted. I'm. I'm terribly sorry for that, Beck. Welcome <laughs> back. I'm. I'm glad you're here. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. <laughs> I hate this place. Um, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. Done. Disconnect. Um, but no, as 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 Jordan mentioned, we're doing the uh, the March Madness tournament, and we each selected five films that we consider the most perfect films and of now, course everyone's opinions different so now five made it to the brackets per person with a wild card but there were several other recommendations that didn't make it to the brackets but you know are considered honorable mentions you know stuff like monty python and the holy grail one of my honorable mentions because i didn't make the cut but it was a good one Zach, what about you did you uh, have any honorable mentions or I did, but I didn't have them prepared. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, just two off the top of my head would be two of the best monster movies of all time, some may consider. Jaws and Jurassic Park. Well, those are good movies. And I know those were hard ones that did not make the bracket. Um, so I guess with that, let's go through our five each that made the bracket so that we can get going with this uh, shuffle, I should say. Um, I'll start. I mean, I had you know The Breakfast Club. Um, Boondock Saints, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Toy Story, and I also went with uh, Rocky. Uh, those were my five picks that I brought to the table. I thought those were good uh, in their own way, perfect films, and we'll get into them once we uh, hit the brackets. Um, who's next? I'll Beck, take you go next. With your five? Yeah. Uh, my five were uh, Tombstone, The Usual Suspects, uh, John Krasinski's A Quiet Place, Joker, and Split. All right, and wrapping up my final five is the wild card of the tournament, the underdog, if you will, literally and figuratively, Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
Casablanca, Parasite, which is, should be no surprise for our listeners. I fucking loved that movie when we reviewed it earlier this year. And The <laughs> Dark Knight. Those were my top five for this tournament. Um, and as Jordan mentioned, we did have a wild card in the mix. If you go on IMDb or just Google the most perfect movie, the only movie that sh- the top result that pops up every single time is none other than The Shawshank Redemption. So The Shawshank Redemption was throwed in, thrown in to even out our 16-team bracket um, and give us something to all compete against. Hard to compete against that level of perfection. Yeah. Let's see if we can shake it out. All right, so as of recording, a week ago, we took these uh, five picks each plus the wild card, threw them into a random bracket maker, and we got our brackets. And then we all spent the last week watching the movies that we wanted to to get ourselves prepared for this tournament. Now, with that being said, Eric, do you want to run down the brackets of what uh, is being, you know, what are the comp- the competition in round one, I should say? Absol- absolutely. Some stiff competition in round one, Jordan. Let's get into it. Uh, playoff game number one is the wild card itself, Shawshank Redemption, the most perfect movie according to IMDb against the underdog, Groundhog Day. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Groundhog Day versus Shawshank Redemption in round one. Coming up in game number two, we've got Tombstone versus the Usual Suspects, followed by the Breakfast Breakfast Club v Raiders of the Lost Ark. Boondock Saints and A Quiet Place are right there wrapping up the uh, the, the, the first round of games. Uh, then we've got Rocky versus Joker, Casablanca versus Toy Story. The uh, the heavy, heavy hitter of round one, Parasite versus Split. And then wrapping out today's episode will be Ocean's Eleven versus The Dark Knight. Ah, this is going to be good. This is going to be real good. Now, anybody who wants to go and watch these movies before getting into this bracket... This will be the time that we're going to pause it, you know, pre-spoilers, so to say, so that you can go catch up on what you want and then join us because this is going to be an all-out battle that's going to last the next, you know, well, this episode included four weeks. So it's going to be awesome, and this is why we're calling it March Madness. So take the time that you need, get your movies in, figure out what your picks are, and come back and join us in eh, two seconds. All right, that's all you got. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Because this this is gonna this is gonna yeah, be a crazy you, one. You know what? I'm I would just... say it's fitting that this is March Madness because I feel like a top tier athlete preparing by watching all these fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah okay. I'll, so I'll, I, I want to say, how many did you watch this week? Uh, this week I watched uh, five of them. Five. Okay. Yep. I think yeah, I hit five as well. So I think that's uh, that was about average. Except for Jordan, apparently he watched the full sixteen. No, I got ten he, out of the sixteen. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't I slept. I got in, ten. He hasn't slept in four days, but he, he got through them no, all. He, he watched I, Ocean's Eleven three times. Actually, no, I, that was one of the ones that I chose not to watch because I, I I've seen it recently and it's one that I've I've watched multiple times. So like I had that one down packed. Um, but no, I went back and watched ten of these movies uh, just because some of them I had not seen, so I was watching for the first time, and some of them it's been so long that I wanted a fresh take on them going into it. So I tried to start with the movies I hadn't seen throughout the week and, you know, doubling up on movies and so on. Um, just So I, I watched 10 out of the 16. I was I wanted to get all of them in, but that wasn't happening. There was no way it was happening. <laughs> so I, I got at least 10 of them. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It felt like a competitor all week. Just like, all right, I got to get the next one. I got to jot my notes down. This is good. I got to figure out what's the pros and cons of this. You know, we gotta, I got to have, I, have I, a battle to fight here. 
Ironically, I played Eye of the Tiger to myself before we started recording. So. <laughs> yes. It's like that, like that episode of South Park where they're grinding in World of Warcraft. Exactly. Where like they, they just wake exactly. up and the first thing you do is start watching your movies. And you just got to... It's not easy, but I, someone's got to do it, you know? Yeah. But anyway, let's get into it. So I guess before we get into the first, first game, we'll give a little bit of a, a, a breakdown just to keep everything fair and to keep us on track. Because as you guys know, we can talk about movies for hours and hours and hours. But you don't necessarily have six hours to listen to us talk about 16 movies. Yeah. So we're streamlining the process for you. Um, and also keeps us fresh to contact, talk about new stuff next week. Uh, we are breaking down. We each get two minutes per matchup to share our opinions about the movies that are going head-to-head, um, what our thoughts are, what our feelings are, why they're perfect, so on and so forth. And then at the end of those those uh, two minutes apiece, we are going to vote. And best two out of three rules. There's a reason there's three of us. Best two out of three, that movie will win and proceed to round two, competing against whoever next week. All right. So... So I'm ready. You ready to get into it, boys? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Who wants to start? All right. It's matchup number one, Shawshank Redemption versus Groundhog Day. I think we should kick it off with our guest host, Beck. Beck, your two minutes starts now. Wait, I I have two minutes? Yeah. This is terrible. That's going to be way yeah. too... Oh, this is, yeah. is going to be too about long. It. Talk about it. You, you don't have, have to use your whole two minutes. Two minutes. But you oh. had two minutes. You just can't go over we're cutting you off no matter what you're saying. I got you. No problem. Uh, Shawshank Redemption and Groundhog Day, both very good movies in their own right. Um, see, I can't give my opinion, right? But No, you so, can give your opinion. You just, just don't give away your vote. Well, it's going to be pretty obvious. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean it's going to be pretty I'm gonna obvious? I'm going to say one's good and one's funny is what I was going to say, but I can't do that. Uh. No, I mean, every movie has their own strengths and weaknesses. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if one's funny and one's good or whatever. Just, just give us a break. Opinions. Give us a breakdown. Yeah. Tell, gotcha. us, tell, us what your, tell us what your opinion of Shawshank is. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, classic story, man. Uh, breaking out of prison and all the hardships that come with it. Um, yeah, this is bad. I don't... See, these are two movies that I didn't watch recently. So, I know about them, but I couldn't break them down. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's uh, fair. That's, That's fair. We'll, we'll I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is you we'll know get... you know why. I mean, you have your reasons why you would pick one versus the other. That, that's right. the main thing. So if there's any of those opinions you want to, you know, pros or cons for either movie that would sway your decision, go with that. Gotcha. Well, I'd have to off the bat. I have to say they're two very different calibers of movies. Um, between the Shawshank Redemption and Groundhog Day. Uh, Groundhog Day is, of course, is funny. I enjoyed it. Really good movie. I love Bill Murray, but it's just, it's the kind of movie you watch around, you know, just a certain time of year that you just watch, and it's kind of like a go-to you have on in the background, in my opinion. It's not what I would call a perfect movie by any stretch. Shawshank Redemption, of course, has much more symbolism and Arthur's craft and things like that, which I'm a sucker for. Shawshank Redemption, however, is legendary. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that that is the two minutes. So we will, uh... We will mosey on. I know that's a tough. That's that's a. It's it's this really hurts. hard. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. It hurts. <clears throat> Jordan, you want to go next? You want me to go? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go next. I mean, why, might as right. well because you're you're leading this. So, Your all right. Two so minutes starts now. Two minutes. Okay. So, 
both, like you said, Beck, both these movies are very powerful in their own way. I mean, Groundhog's Day, great comedy. Um, you know, Bill Murray was really good, good performance. One of my favorites of that movie was the groundhog driving the truck around. Great, great things. Um, so even with the editing, the, the choppiness of like his days repeating, repeating, everything makes sense. Uh, and it's, it's a good watch. Shawshank Redemption, rewatching that uh, this week. Powerful story, um, good performances by all actors, and you know you have that great voiceover by uh, um, Morgan. Uh, yeah, throughout the whole movie, the Morgan editing. Freeman, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, I was trying to like condense. I didn't want to go rambling off. Um, the the voiceover though is what I really enjoyed with that storytelling. Uh, what I mean, Morgan Freeman was you know obviously great actor, good voiceover. He can voiceover anything, but even if it wasn't him, the I think the voiceover helped that story. So great performance by actors on both movies. Great stories on both of them. Um, and you know, great scores all around. But I, I think that voiceover is what really was good for Shawshank Redemption on top of multiple other things. I don't know. Is you that my 50, You've still got 50 seconds if you want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to, like, condense it's, this. I figured I'd, I'd ramble off. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have the timer in front yeah. of me. So I thought That's I was right. coming I was like, up on the end. Two minutes is plenty of time, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's too um, much time. That's my concern. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> But no, I mean, all in all, they, they were both very good movies. I can see why both of these made it to the bracket. Uh, it is a hard choice between two of them uh, because they are different. You know, one's a really, really good comedy and one's a really good, powerful story, uh, both being told in a great, great way. So that's, that's all I got to say with that for now. All right. All right. Fair enough. So now it's now it's up to me. Now it's up to me to defend the glory that is the groundhog. Right. I know, because you, you brought the groundhog into this. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two minutes. Start. Oop, 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 oop. Hold on, hold on. Got to gotta get, get my two minutes reset. And go. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you a little story about introspection. A story about self-learning, self-educating, becoming a better person day in and day out, despite life constantly beating, beating you down. This is the story of an underdog. That's right, the Groundhog. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day, it's a story that we can all relate to. It's a comedy, of course. There's humor in it. It's incredibly well-paced. It breaks everything down to realizing your own faults, uh, learning from those faults, and realizing there is no such thing as a perfect day. You have to accept life as it comes to you and see the best in yourself and others at all times, thus making it a damn near perfect film. With that said, on the flip side, we go to Shawshank Redemption, which is iconic. It, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, it is a phenomenal film, a feat of storytelling and storytelling and writing all rolled into one. I mean, crawling through a river of shit, you know, doing the guards' taxes, Morgan Freeman's voiceover, it's, 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 it's a masterpiece. There's, there's absolutely no denying that. But is it perfect? It's damn near perfect, ladies and gentlemen. It absolutely is damn near perfect. May run a little on the long side, may be a little boring at parts, but it is a very phenomenal movie, deserving of being on this list and anyone's number one list of all time. But I encourage you listening at home, don't sleep on the groundhog. I've still got 20 seconds left, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I think I've made my case. 
<clears throat> now, I just want to say real quick because I know the audience can't see this, but Beck, the the <laughs> whatever you got going on with your screen with the different effects and all is hysterical. I'm sitting here listening to Eric go on. And I'm looking at a turtle. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah, not I, to. He laugh. was feeling himself. I had to give you something to laugh at because I know that wasn't for us to laugh. It was for the audience to laugh at. So I had to give you something. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, I do. I do think for the format of the show, either Eric or Jordan should go first, and then I'll piggyback off of that. That's fair. Okay. Because you are both clearly far more prepared than me. I've seen the movies, but <laughs> that level of bullshit Eric just spit out, I can't. You know, I, I can't compete with that. So I, th- I think you guys should go before me, and then I follow it up. With uh, well, God, as, okay. as you can tell, we did prepare, but that only goes so far as my lovely intro just kind of flatlined there. Yeah. I'm still, not, I'm still not, I'm still not unconvinced that you don't remember my brother's name. That's no, I remember his name. I was like, I was looking for his certain notes, and I was like, and our, trying to, our guest, because uh, like we uh, talked about uh, Eric, you, you take were going to introduce Beck. So I was just like, all right, well, I need to round off, but I just kind of somewhat introduced Beck. Do I keep going, or what? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, garbage I, truck on fire, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, I'll change my nickname well, in Discord to Beck, so you won't forget. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, I had notes of what I was going to say next on. Two different devices for some reason. I just didn't put them on the same device. The timing was just perfect with our guest. Yeah, it was. So that was our. That's okay. That was our two minutes on Shawshank Redemption v. Groundhog Day. So now we get into the voting. Guys, on the count of three, we'll hold up one finger for Shawshank, two fingers for Groundhog's Day. All right. Three, two, one. (laughs) <laughs> there we go all right i knew that Ladies was gonna happen for, the, I knew for that those was gonna listening happen. at home we were all on the same page we all voted shawshank redemption despite I, my <laughs> very epic i wanted def, d- defense attorney yeah, I, I was gonna say um i i knew as, as much as you were trying to defend groundhog you just wanted to defend it i, I oh, knew I based I off did. of that so speech, I was like, yeah he's not picking groundhog's day he just wants to everyone else to hopefully pick it <laughs> <laughs> well, Groundhog's Day—it's the only time. It's the only chance in this whole tournament, with it being out now, that I'm gonna get the chance to talk about Groundhog's Day. Oh, so it's I true. really I mean, wanted I to make you, my I point. <laughs> I have trouble seeing any of my movies making it past round one, so I know what you mean. All right, so that was round one for Shawshank Redemption v. Groundhog Day, and no surprise, the Shawshank Redemption kicked Groundhog Day's ass three to zero. Uh, So now we move on to game number two for today, which is Tombstone v. The Usual Suspects. I I, I think I could talk about this one first. You want to give give it another shot? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, Yeah, give it another shot. These are both your your picks anyway. So you're you're the only one that's going to win this round. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting it out of the first seed for sure. Uh, (laughs) So I will start with Tombstone. Uh, Tombstone, the story of Wyatt Earp retiring as a lawman just to find it again. Um, something I like about movies, I found it with The Irishman, is things that are based in reality. Uh, situations that happen. The shootout of the OK Corral and all these things that... Um, the majority of Tombstone is based off of something that actually happened, which I definitely appreciate. Um, story of Wyatt Earp and all that. Um... And you, you can't you can't watch Tombstone without appreciating the cinematography in the action scenes, all the shootouts and stuff, all the tension leading up to these big events. Um, I definitely loved all of that. And 
you know, the quotes, of course, always get me. You know, I'll be your Huckleberry. That's one that, that one stands with you. I probably use that every other day. <laughs> and then with our usual suspects, uh, story of Kaiser Sose, the uh, biggest plot twist of any movie that I've seen since uh, since Glass connected Unbreakable and Split together. It's just <laughs> something that I, I didn't see coming, frankly. And then it comes to the end and you see where he was... You know, he talked about the lawyer named Kobayashi, and he realized the bottom of his mug was a Kobayashi brand mug. So the guy was just looking around and just the how powerful it is to have an unreliable narrator. You know, you think you know the story, but you only knew what this guy was telling you. So you don't know what was real, what he made up, what parts of it were, you know. Um, and then... And then, of course, the quote, the, the very scene at the end where uh, main character, who turns out to be Kaiser Sose, a made-up character, is just, just walking away. And he's doing his limp. And he starts walking normal, gets in the car, takes off. And we're left with the quote, uh, the biggest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And I think if you're going into that movie... And that is time, Beck. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going into that movie and stop. That's it. That's it. That's all you're getting. Uh, all right. Jordan, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into this. <clears throat> all right. Two minutes starts now. All right. Since you left off with the usual suspects, I'm going to jump on that one first. Because um, I, I rewatched Tombstone and I watched the usual suspects for the first time. And, you know, going into the usual suspects, you know, good performances and all that. Um, you know, I like the, of course the voiceovers I, I think are always powerful in movies and I really did like that surprise ending, uh, which kept you, you know, kind of guessing cause you were trying to figure out who this was and you, you thought you knew and you're right. It, it comes down to, you only know one side of the story. You don't know if that's the actual story or not. So when it got to that end, it had that whole surprise ending and everything. I was like, man, this is actually really good. Um, and of course, you know, for that time frame movie, the visuals, uh, special effects, all that was really good. The guessing that you had going, um, all of that. Uh, so that one was really good. And I, I see how you got it onto the brackets. Um, there were a couple of scenes here and there where I think it was just kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't get too crazy in the movie, but there was a little parts here and there that kind of, you know, slowed down a little too much for me or then it kind of sped up. I got kind of confused of what was going on, but overall, Really good movie, and I really enjoyed it. Um, now, Tombstone, you know, good Western, classic. I grew up watching it when I was younger, and I was glad to be able to go back. Um, also, great performances. You have a lot of good people in this movie, people that I forgot were even in this movie. Um, and the thing about Westerns is whether it's based off of true events or not, there's always just something about the, the, the Old West, horseback, cowboys, all the stuff that draws you in no matter the movie. One of the issues I had with this, and I, I can't really say it's going to hurt this film's ranking, is it was weird seeing Kurt Russell without the white beard and the red coat. I just, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I really don't know why. You know, like I knew he was in the movie, but just going back and seeing him young like that and or younger and a different look, it just kind of threw me off at first. I was like, wow, I just can't get behind it. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, they're both very, very good movies. Um, and that is two. That's what I got. <laughs> all right. So my two minutes begins now. 
And Jordan left off with Tombstone, and I'm going to pick back up with Tombstone. I like this whole back and forth thing we're starting mm-hmm. to figure out. It's working really, really nicely. Uh, but anyway, Tombstone. Ladies and gentlemen, all I have to say is Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, side characters, Thomas Hayden Church, Billy Bob Thornton, fucking Charlton Heston, an icon for history, is a f- just random farmer in Tombstone. Ghost-directed... Um, by Kurt Russell, you know, he kind of pulled the strings behind the scenes. This is a modern Western that stands on its own two feet with both, you know, of course, cinematic accuracy when it comes to storytelling, uh, casting, well-written, incredibly well-acted. Val Kilmer steals the show in Tombstone every single scene he's in, from I'll Be Your Huckleberry, um, to the fact that he's just constantly sweating from tuberculosis in every scene. It's, it's incredible, incredible. Uh, Tombstone's phenomenal film, and it, it stands on the shoulders of all the Westerns that came before it and creates new moments for any film going ahead of it. Uh, Usual Suspects is an icon of the 90s as well, released in 19, 1995, I believe, directed by Brian Singer, also known for the X-Men franchise as well as Superman Returns. Not as good on that one. Uh, you've got Kevin Spacey, you've got Benicio Del Toro, Beck and Jordan have both already talked about the 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 epic level plot twist, which for Beck was the best plot twist since connecting, you know, split connected glass and unbreakable. For me, it was one of the best ones six cents six cents. So it is a phenomenal film that is deserving of being on any any uh, anybody's top list of all time as well. So. I had a little five seconds left over, but I couldn't dig any deeper into the usual suspects in five seconds. So I was like, I'm going to just wrap it here. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, Tombstone is one and Usual Suspects is two. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah. Tombstone one, Usual Suspects two. Right. Put them up in three, two, one. Oh, Ooh. another unanimous. Oh man! I thought that one was uh, going to go either way. Honestly, it, I mean, that one could have that good, one could have gone either way. I mean, they were both good movies, but <clears throat> it just it just God, it comes down to Tombstone being just such a it just holds its own so well. Yep. Uh, so, so Tombstone wins out against the Usual Suspects. So updating bracket now, and it looks like we move on <clears throat> to. Another interesting matchup. Game three, the Breakfast Club versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, Jordan, since Breakfast Club was one of your picks, do you want to start this round off? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can. Uh, Give me uh, one second here. You were a step ahead of me. All right. All right. Two minutes starts now. All right, so this one's a little hard for me because uh, Indy is a movie that I loved, and I mean all the series and all that, but it's one that I haven't seen in a while. It was one I was unfortunately not able to recap. Uh, Breakfast Club, I've seen recently within the last few months, the tail end of it, so I'm kind of fresh on that one. Uh, so jumping into it, I'll start with Indy real quick. Indiana Jones, to me, no matter all, you know which movie you're watching, they're all really, really good. Um, great performances, obviously by Harrison Ford, you know, supporting actors and so on. Uh, it's the adventure of going out and you know trying to discover lost treasure, all that kind of thing that kind of pulls you in. Really, really good. Um, 
that being said, to me, that I think you could be debatable which movie you throw into this mix, Raiders or any of the other ones, all really, really good. Um, but I want to jump on Breakfast Club a little bit more just because it is in itself is a different type of movie and also really, really good. Uh, Breakfast Club is a movie that I know uh, a lot of different teachers teach in different classes because a lot of people can relate, especially going through high school, the different classes, you know, everyone kind of separating themselves when in reality they can get together um, and be close friends without those differences. Uh, and, you know, you had good performances. I mean, you had good music. I mean, the, it's the classic song that everyone always listens to uh, and knows it comes from that movie. But if I had to come down to the, the two being completely different, um, I think both are relatable in different ways and both have a very, very strong uh, story behind them in their own ways as well. That's what I got for now. All right. All right. That's a good that's a good little wrap up. You had 15 seconds left, but you that's a, I think that was a good place to uh, to end it. Yeah. yeah you're, I, you're, I, I don't want to ramble too much on these. I just kind of want to put my point across in the first round <laughs> we'll get into the meat and potatoes in the later rounds exactly um, yeah beck you want to you want to take your two yeah certainly um all right go all right i'll start with raiders of the lost ark um you know very good movie indiana jones just a fantastic um whole series i think all the movies are great crystal skull was a little iffy but the rest of them i think are really really good movies <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying not to mention that one. <laughs> it's the one we don't talk about. Um, what fourth Indiana Jones? Right, right. right <laughs> There's exactly. only three. It's a trilogy. The trilogy, yeah. Um, I just think it was very good. Harrison Ford, you know, is Indiana Jones. And I think this movie was... Pro- I would argue that this one was, was the best of the of the trilogy that, that only exists. Um, uh, naturally, i got to say, favorite scene was... Uh, the fight scene where the the guy's sitting there with the sword swinging it around and Indiana Jones just pulls out his revolver and just just shoots him. Um, I love that because the the myth on that one is of course that you know Harrison Ford was sick. He had dysentery, so he's like, we're not we're not doing this three and a half page fight scene. Uh, Breakfast Club. I really liked it. Um, it's just one of those a, a classic. You know, everybody comes together and it transcends the clicks and everything. Um, at times for me it was a little a little too on the nose um of course felt very forced there towards the end it just felt like a different person took over halfway through or towards the end of the filming and it felt like everything just kind of changed direction but um you know the classic scene of you know bender at the end throwing his fist up in the air and then you know pausing and you know i think it was a real relic of its time and so i think i think that was really good both great movies Agreed. Agreed. Both very, very good movies. I got to wait for the next 10 seconds on my timer to go off before I start my time. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun editing episode for Eric. <laughs> Always a joy. Always a pleasure. <laughs> but, um, all right. So for my two minutes starting now. So Beck left off with Breakfast Club. I am going to pick up with Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is an icon of 1980s filmmaking. It is John Hughes at his finest, arguably. John Hughes, 16 Candles, Home Alone, writer of so many 1980s movies. It's things people grew up with. You know, it's a little bit before our time, 
as far as when it released. But I remember growing up and watching this movie and loving it so much. And it carries on throughout generations because it's something everybody can relate to when they're growing up is is being from different crowds, being from different cliques and learning that everyone's the same. The thoughts that you, the thoughts and feelings you have are not unique to you. You know, they're, they're things that are felt across the entire spectrum of humanity. It's represented in this film. Um, as Beck mentioned, I do feel it struggles from a little bit of a weak third act where it kind of changes up a little bit. Uh, but it's still an icon of cinema. And there's, I mean, it's so quotable. There's so many iconic scenes uh, in Breakfast Club, and it's it's always a joy to watch. On the flip side, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a pulp action classic, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by George Lucas. Those two epic powerhouses coming together with Harrison Ford leading the charge. It's Harrison Ford at his his finest, in my opinion. He is Indiana Jones. You know, you create with Marion Ravenwood, you create a uh, a, a, a female character that is not just a damsel, damsel in dis- distress. Distress, she can fend for herself as well. Indiana Jones is referenced and quoted so many times in pop culture. It's not even funny. From the ball rolling down to the flipping the 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 uh, the, the golden idol, it's it influenced culture as we know it. Even to video games, Tomb Raider, uh, Uncharted. There are so many things that occur in modern day society that wouldn't happen without Indiana Jones. That was my two minutes <laughs> alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I used my whole two minutes on that one. Well done, sir. <clears throat> All right. So are we uh, we ready to vote on this one? All right. So Breakfast Club 1, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark 2. Breakfast Club 1, Raiders of the Lost Ark 2. Reveal in 3, 2, 1. <gasps> oh, oh. The first okay. split decision. The first right. split Oh, I was very split. I was about like, it was like 60, 40 for me. It was, it was, you know, honestly, rewatching breakfast club. That was one of the ones I rewatched. I, as I was watching it, I was like, I'm going to have to vote this over Indiana Jones until I got to the third act. And yeah. then once I got to the third act, that's, that's what pushed kind of me, pushed up, yeah. me back into the indie camp. So, but God but, damn, I, I mean, it, it, it's it a hard close. one for me. I could have gone either way, but I was like, I, I, I wanted at least one vote for Breakfast Club, so I was just like, I have to go with Breakfast Club. See, I, I almost <laughs> See, did that on Groundhog Day. Your Breakfast Club. I almost did yeah. that on Groundhog Day, but I was scared someone else would meme it up too, and Groundhog Day would beat fucking Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> so I didn't listen, do it. That, listen, that, I almost that voted been for awesome. it just because, just because, like I said, I wanted to fight for that movie so hard. So I almost voted for it. So if you had voted for it too, it, that would have been hilarious. That would that would have it. been amazing. I would have lost my mind. That would have been amazing. All right, so that would have been a win. <laughs> so two to one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark beats out Breakfast Club. So now we move on to the Boondock Saints versus A Quiet Place. So, uh, all right, Jordan, Boondock Saints is yours. You want to kick it off? All right, I'll kick it off again. All right. T- two minutes starts now. All right. This is probably my toughest matchup of this whole uh, round one in general. Just because um, going into these movies, I picked, obviously, Moondock Saints for multiple reasons. Anybody who's seen it, uh, it, w- it was a great movie. Uh, not so 
much on the second. The sequel is very debatable, but that's the sequel. This one, however, I thought was really great with not just the performances of the different actors, um, the different characters that they played, how they all come together. The editing was done really well, uh, especially with some of the special effects with the black and white, the slow motion. There's a lot of different things that were put into this movie, but done in such a way that I don't feel pulls from the movie. It still makes a strong movie, even with the music and the way that everything's tied together. I mean, you can say that there's a couple spots where it kind of slows down, speeds up a little bit, but for the most part, the pacing is really well, and the way the story is told with the flashbacks and all, I think is very powerful. Uh, and this was one of my favorite movies that I had to put in the brackets. That being said, once I watched The Quiet Place, which for me was the first time watching this through, I realized that this was going to be a strong competition because A Quiet Place was done in such a way that it was one of those powerhouse movies that so much is said and felt, even though very little is said throughout the whole movie because they can't really talk because of noises and stuff like that. Uh, but the the directing, uh, you know, the connection between the different characters, the way they play off each other in this event, um, the kind of like thriller horror feel that throughout that whole movie was amazing, uh, and it just leaves you speechless at the end of the movie. Like, what what was this? This was amazing. Uh, so both movies are are great in their own ways. Uh, the tension that you feel in both movies are different. But welcomed in um, when viewing the movies, and I this I feel like this is going to be a really really tough call. That's, That's two. two All right, Beck, you want to go? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> All right, two minutes starts now. I'll start with a quiet place. Uh, what a surprise a quiet mm. place was for me. Um, it pretty much came out of nowhere. Of course, John Krasinski, with to my knowledge, no directing experience at all just started with a freaking slammer like a quiet place um as jordan said almost nothing is said but that makes all of the audio and the eeriness that much more important um of course the movie starts with uh their youngest child Bo, just getting fucking murked straight off the bat to show the audience this is a real thing if you make a noise you're going to die it's not like you might die you might be able to outrun them you're done as soon as as soon as you are a little too loud you're done uh they go through many steps you know to uh quiet down they put sand everywhere to kind of distribute their weight so it doesn't make a lot of noise and of course the scene at the end with um john krasinski's character just sacrificing himself for his kids with that incredibly powerful just scream at the end where the whole movie they're using sign language and things like that and just to have him do that it was very emotional and i think it was very effective for that reason uh, Boondock Saints, also very good. Uh, the story of uh, you know two Catholic boys trying to do the right thing. Um, I thought this one was, I think it suffered from the time it was released because it was released shortly after the Columbine um, High School Massacre, which is, it, it did very poorly. I don't know if you guys know, but it made $30,000 in theaters, which is absolutely nothing. And it became a blockbuster exclusive, ironically. Um, so because of that, it, it definitely suffered from that um, Personally, I my favorite part of those movies was the scenes of the, like when they would go and the, the crime scenes where pretty much the detectives roll up and they go, okay, this is what happened. And they flip through their notebooks and then it cuts back to what they did and how they covered their tracks. And I thought that was very good. Um, yes. And plus Ron Jeremy's and in it. So. That is the two minutes. 
<laughs> yes, Ron Jeremy is in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've got my two minutes starting now. So picking back up with Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints is uh, the definition of a cult classic. As Beck mentioned, it did very, very poorly in theaters and really, really came to life on VHS, you know, at, at home release is mm-hmm. when it really, really came into its own and spread by word of mouth. People just talking about this. I don't remember a, a college dorm room that didn't have a Boondock Sinks poster up on the wall. You know, it was that iconic. Um, it was that iconic of a movie that cult following just 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 adopted and loved it. You know, people get the Equitas Veritas tattoos and all sorts of things. It's 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 massive. It's it's, it's a cultural cultural icon um, f- from the underground, basically. Um, and as Beck said, the 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 way it was filmed, the way it was shot, the pacing in it is perfect. The acting is is great as well. Um, I mean, you've got Willem Dafoe as the as as the 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 gay detective in it, who's just figuring and just tracking this every single motion, you know, that these guys are doing and respects them for it, even though it's not revealed until later on. The whole scene of him in the alleyway with the CD player and the classical music and he's kind of dancing around and, you know, pointing things out and what goes, you know, what goes where, this is what happened here, so on and so forth, and just plays everything out perfectly is great. Um, so Boonock Saints is phenomenal. Quiet Place, though, was a revolution. It was an experience that I had in theaters that I will never, ever have again. That You could hear a pin drop in that movie theater, and for good reason. It is, the, it is a, a textbook, a lesson plan on how to do, how important sound design is in film along with the storytelling, where that movie can be told and made such an impact to be, make, to be made in that film without... With the scripting very, very small. That's my two minutes. I really wanted to go on longer with A Quiet Place. I spent too yeah, much yeah, time on Boondock Saints. It's, see, as I say, it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard one. Um, and I, I definitely agree with so, you. Like with, with Boondock Saints, just real quick, I was going to say, that was one of those movies that I'd never heard of until my friends like, oh, dude, have you ever seen this movie? It's awesome. It was one of those movies that you, know, you heard through somebody else. And anybody who's seen it it loves it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, then you don't know what it is. But it it was one of those movies that I agree. It just kind of went through the underground and became more popular the more it got spread. So now now we vote. One for for Boondock Sinks, two for A Quiet Place. Can we come back to this one? (laughs) (laughs) Can we just come back to this one? Need some time to think on it? All right. Yeah, like maybe a year or two. I don't know. Maybe five. All right. R- reveal them in three, two, one. Reveal. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. For those listening at home, that was a that was a that was a two to one vote for a quiet place. Yep. Jordan Jordan held out held out strong for for Boondock. As I, as I deserved, man. As deserved. I spent little t- little very little time talking about quiet place because I got so tied into talking about boondock saints um but quiet place just just it just did more for me i do have to be honest i felt like it it could have gone two to one no matter what i feel with the three of us it could have been easily persuaded like had i gone with a quiet place someone else would have picked boondock saints like i feel like it just yeah i was starting to convince myself on boondock saints in my own i I heard you that was really good (laughs) yeah Um, i was starting to 
<laughs> I was starting I know to sell this. myself. Eric might, might change his mind. <laughs> An anecdote I had about the quiet place is we were sitting in the theater and they had these chairs, um, the special seating, that would like they're supposed to be like VFX, you know, shake you or whatever, throw you around um, if something exciting was happening. But it works in a movie like The Transformers, but it doesn't work in a mo- movie like The Quiet Place. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sitting there. I'm not in one of these chairs. Then all of a sudden, some tension's building up, and you just hear the chairs start going, <laughs> like shaking back and forth. And I'm just like, I guess something's about to happen. <laughs> but God really love. I've never been so, in one of those, but I feel like it'd be interesting depending on the movie. Yeah, I think a very high action-packed movie would be very, very would be worth the money. I'd say. So a quiet place defeats Boondock Saints. Mm. So now well, it's well deserved, though. I like I said, I I can't be mad no matter what. They're, they're, those were both really good movies, in my opinion. I'm sad that I get knocked out because I wanted to talk about the scene where they drop the toilet on the guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get into it more, but I was like, ah, if it gets to the second, next round, then we'll get into it. Right, more. right. Because um, just the editing and all was was I think what really did that movie good. I think, but anyway, I think I can start out with Rocky and Joker. Yep. So we've got Rocky and Joker going head to head next. You ready to kick us off, Beck? I gotcha. Two minutes starts now. Rocky, classic story of David versus Goliath. Rocky Balboa versus the great Apollo Creed. You know, it's it's just one of those that he starts pretty much from nothing. You know, drinking eggs, running up his his stairs at the uh, Philadelphia courthouse, and um, a little bit of a love story, things like that. But what I really appreciated about this movie is it wasn't about Rocky beating Apollo Creed. It was about him going the distance, about him getting back up after he got knocked out by the world champion. And I, I did love that, that at the end of the movie, it wasn't like, oh, this unnamed guy beats the world champion. No, he wasn't going to. And I think it would be unrealistic if he did, where if all of a sudden, after you know, a year or whatever of training, if he was all of a sudden about uh, able to beat this you know, world champion, um, I think it was really good that you know, yeah, he lost, but, you know, he won his own battle by going the distance. Uh, the Joker was a very good one. That one came out at the same time as Parasite, and for that reason it got knocked out for the, was it Oscar? Mm-hmm. I got before yeah. But still, fantastic movie. Um, really good. It came out during a good time, an awareness of mental illness and things like that. Um, I also think it was a good kind of origin story. Um, that was, Joaquin Phoenix was just, just fantastic. Um, he played the character very well, and it really made you feel... Very few movies make me feel as empathetic as the Joker made me feel. You can really feel what this guy's going through, and how he lives his life seeing this guy on TV that he looks up to, and then all of a sudden he starts making fun of him. And then just the amount of emotion you'd have to feel, and like kind of see that psychological break in someone, I imagine would would be very rough. Um, have a, a bad effect on you. That's what I got. All right. We're we're averaging like a minute and forty nine seconds right now <laughs> that we each speak. <laughs> All right, so Jordan, do you right. want to you want to hit it up next? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. All right, two minutes starts now. All right, since you left off on Joker, I'm gonna start with the Joker because to me, the Joker was a, a good movie, but it was also a struggle of a movie at the same time. Uh, there were things that I really, really enjoyed about it, and there were things I didn't enjoy about it. And some of them can be arguable. Um, you know, the story of the Joker, you know, and the rise of how he became the Joker has always been kind of like a mystery. Uh, so I kind of like the fact that they were trying to fill that out 
And at first, I didn't like the fact that we actually knew who this person was because, you know, you didn't, never really knew who the Joker was. But then at the same time, they disguised that with the fact that, you know, he was adopted or, or whatever. But you, the one thing I really enjoy is the mental struggle. Like, you watch and you think everything's okay, but then you're starting to pick up the little details here and there about how he's really not okay. Um, even though he thinks he is and he thinks he's doing better, you start to see that slipping. And so the performance that the Joaquin Phoenix does for this is amazing. And, you know, and the, the score and everything, the music, you know, the him dancing, it really starts to make you feel as he's transitioning into the Joker. Um, now, for me, even when we get to that Joker at the end, I still don't feel like he's the Joker that I was expecting. Um, but I do see the transition to him becoming that Joker. So all in all, I still think it was a really, really good movie, but I think it was a little long. I think it was a little slow at times and it was just, it was a hard movie to watch. Like, even though I enjoyed it and it was great performances and great everything, it just, I had to, I felt like I had to force myself through it. Rocky, on the other hand, good movie. I won't get into too much because Beck, I think you did a real good job talking about that. I do want to mention that I feel that Rocky being closer to a perfect movie also relies on the fact that it was, you know, a script over the weekend that turned into a huge franchise, multiple movies and spinoffs and so on, um, on top of a great performance and everything else and a great story that continued to be told. Um, but That's I'm not going to get too much in that. All right. Got my two minutes starting now. So I'm going to pick up where Jordan left off with Rocky, since according to my time, he talked about Rocky for all of about 12 seconds. I was looking at it going, yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's spending forever on Joker. Um, but anyway, we're going to start off with Rocky, and I'm not really going to I can't really say anything that, that, that hasn't been said before me. It is, I said at the beginning, Groundhog Day was the underdog film of this tournament, but Rocky is the underdog. He is the original underdog. You know, he went the distance. He, 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 he proved something to not anyone else but to himself and that is is what everyone strives for you know is is that self literally a self-fulfilling prophecy uh just in the best best possible way and and rocky is just i mean for when it came out it's just so iconic you know the statue of him in, in philadelphia was there forever before they finally moved it you know and, People still talk about Rocky to this day. Phenomenal. Uh, Joker. Joker was a surprise. Joker is one of those movies that I cannot say I enjoyed watching. And that's what I think makes it great. It is not an enjoyable film to watch. It is a very difficult film to watch. As said, because it's so easily to so easy to relate to this character. And it's wrapped in this DC Joker, you know, Batman lore. But it doesn't need to be. You could remove that stuff from it entirely and it would still be a phenomenal film that talks about the struggles of mental illness and a class-based system as well. You know, the elite keeping down the little guy and, and, and things not being provided and, and what happens when social, social unrest gets to a certain point. It's, uh, it's just, it touches on so many different societal aspects in a very unique way just wrapped in a superhero skin and that's what makes it great that's my two so right. i have so Rocky. much anxiety leading up to these fucking votes dude <laughs> <laughs> good i'm glad i'm not the only one 
Rocky v. Joker. I, I'm, I honestly, I'm not sure how this one's going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very curious. I think we all made very good points on, on, on both sides of it. Yeah. Um, oh, did we all make good points on Rocky, Eric? Did all of us <laughs> no, make good no, points? We all no, carried our I, weight equally but, on Rocky? I, I, don't, I don't feel like that points, I needed to go into we, uh, much. You, you I was, I was, I was Rocky, proud of okay? it. I took the whole movie and summed it up in like 30 That's seconds. Why I didn't have did to. Great. That's why I didn't have to. That was a great okay? review. All right, well, let's count them down. Let's let's hold it, hold it up. All right, so we're doing one for Rocky, two for Joker. Yep. One for Rocky, two for Joker. Okay. Reveal in three, two, one. Reveal. Yep, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Three to yep. nothing. The unanimous decision. Rocky beats wow. out Joker. In the first round knockout. Nothing. That surprises me. That's a that was a tough one. I'm surprised it was unanimous. Yeah, I mean, I knew yeah. where I was going from the beginning. I mean, no, they're both great movies, but I mean, I, I knew where I was going. That one was a uh, that one was a that was an interesting one. That was yeah, a, that, was, for that sure. was a close one. Which is funny because we talked about Rocky for fifteen seconds, and then Joker was <laughs> like four minutes, and then they vote for Joker. And I think well, that's, I, that that says something though, because Joker required more explanation. Yeah, Rocky was so such. It, I mean, it's so deep, but it was such a straightforward thing. It was like, okay, right. yeah, we, we get it. Cool. You know, so. So okay. we move on to the next matchup, which is, in my opinion, the most interesting matchup in round one. Uh, Casablanca versus Toy Story. <laughs> very, very interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we're talking movies that were released what 60 years apart yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know? uh casablanca was 1942 and toy story was 1995 so almost 60 years 55 years 55 years 54 years somewhere around there um math just to say math math was anyway. involved <laughs> there was math long there was time math yes um so i mean casablanca was my was was one of my picks you guys want me to kick it off yeah it doesn't matter yeah I'll kick it off. I don't think I've kicked one off yet, so this will be fun. No, not yet. So go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So my two minutes starts now. I am actually going to start with Toy Story because Toy Story was an icon of all of our childhood. We, when, when Pixar came together, it, it changed the game. It changed the way animated movies were made forever going forward. Without you know the Pixar and the Toy Story, there would be there would be no no DreamWorks. You know there would be no Shrek. There would be no you know Garfield. And any garbage movies that are out there. You know all of it. It changed the way you made movies. The casting was phenomenal. You know Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear, Tom Hanks as Woody. I mean it just it was not just a kids movie. It was a movie for everyone. Everyone can relate to their childhood toys. I remember being in my bedroom as a kid and sleeping with one eye open trying to catch my toys come to life because it just triggered something in me as a child that was so relatable you know sid being such an asshole you know you, you really felt for these toys for these inanimate objects they made you feel um on the flip side we have casablanca uh an icon of filmmaking you know it's hard to find a bad thing to say about casablanca if you've studied film in any way shape or form Released in the 40s, covering World War II, but that's just the wrapping of it. Taking place in Casablanca, a place where people are trapped, they can't get out of. And there's a love story. It's a story for the ages. You know, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, the whole 
here's looking at you, kid, you know, play it again, Sam. I can keep going on and on about this movie and, and the emotions it makes you feel. And there's a reason it has stood the test of time. I mean, we are approaching 80 years that this movie has been released. Nothing else on this, nothing else in this bracket comes anywhere close to the, the staying power that Casablanca has. That's my two. Who's next? Beck, you want to take it? Sure. All okay. right. All two right. minutes starts now. I will start with Casablanca, for I saw it yesterday for the first time. Uh, I thought this was one of Eric's like more pretentious picks. I thought he just said, oh, because it's, it's old and it's black and white. Yeah, but man, I'll be honest, we were waiting on. I sat down with a beer and a notebook, and I started writing down every bit of, I would pause and write down any bit of Arthur's craft, any bit of um, symbolism that I saw, metaphors, things like that, and I, I gave up five minutes, five minutes in, because there was too much. I kept, I was sitting there for 20 minutes watching five minutes of a movie, because it was, as Eric said, if you know anything about filmmaking or taking any amount of it, it's full of it. Um, the starting scene with him sitting in there in his office in the black and white playing chess you know you're just sitting there and you see that the contours of his face you see you can see that it's him being like you know taken up by his past you know consumed by the shadows and the whole movie in my opinion is about um like idealism versus cynicism um being positive as being negative and you see this conflict within him the whole movie that um you know sees plays out and i didn't know here's looking at you kid i knew i've used that quote a lot didn't know what movie it was from and uh, they never said play it again, Sam. I'm going to put that out there. It wasn't said verbatim. Everyone thinks it was, but it, it just wasn't. I, I was excited for that. When I looked up famous quotes, I'm like, they didn't say that. Um, <laughs> You're right. They did. And very good movie. Uh, came out, of course, in uh, 1942. The heat uh, right at, you know, World War II, which is just what a time to put out a movie saying, fuck you Nazis. You know, that's pretty sick. Um, but Toy Story, uh, very good movie. Classic movie. As you said, um, that was one of the earlier movies I remember watching on VHS as a kid. Um, it was just very good, classic. As you said, everyone knows Sid's a dick. and It, it really gives you an appreciation, for my, in my opinion, for inanimate objects. It makes you not want to be an asshole. It makes you not want to, you know, e- even animate objects like an animal. You know, you don't want to be a dick because like, you can feel like how scary minutes. it can be in a situation like that. Um, what's my time? That's that was your two minutes. Okay. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Fuck, fuck Nazis. <laughs> you, you, you spent a minute and thirty seconds on Casablanca. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> but no, no, you're like a, a real thing for inanimate objects. Like, like I, I just had just had a mental mental image of 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 Terminator with Toy Story toys. You know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's gonna come back with revenge for Sid. Yeah, yeah. What's what was the Terminator Day? Was it as uh, not? Um, God, it wasn't like D Day or T Day. I don't remember. Anyway, Jordan, two minutes. <laughs> Starting now. All right. Since you left off with Toy Story, I will jump on it. And I will say, I feel bad for any kids in our generation growing up that were terrified of their toys or any other objects. Because I remember watching the Brave Little Toaster, which doesn't have any play here, but you know, there's that. There's Toy Story, Toy Soldier. I mean, kids should be fearful of their toys. But this movie is not about that. This movie is about, yes, toys, but there's a story about the characters, about Andy's relationship with those toys, who the favorite is, realizing that they can actually work together to get themselves out of a, a 
dark situation with Sid and everything else, getting lost and coming back, and then doing it again in the, in the Toy Story 2 and 3 and 4 and so on. Another movie that has grown into more than just what it is. Uh, childhood favorite, great performance, uh, a song that everyone knows and will forever last as Toy Story. That being said, you're right. It does create a whole new window of other movies, Pixar, so on, and, and it all started with Toy Story. However, I feel like everything started with Casablanca. Now, Casablanca, again, for me, like Beck, first time watching it this past week, I love the fact that knowing that it was an old movie back in the 40s, and sometimes movies, um, older movies for newer generations are harder to watch, I loved watching this movie. It was great. I feel like it could be a movie that came out yesterday and still be a really, really good movie. And the thing I like about these types of movies is they don't rely on all these crazy special effects. Black and white alone is a good effect, uh, but allows you to kind of pay attention to more of the story being told here. The performances by the actors, amazing. Um, and again, times have changed, but this still holds up to today, and I can still see it holding up for another 80-some years, because this is where it all started, in my opinion. Um, with a great performance all around, director, acting, and so on. That's two minutes. All right, cool. I was going to say, I'm not going any farther. <laughs> There's nothing about two. going last. You guys make a good point, so it's hard to say anything else without <laughs> All right, so we ready to, were you ready to vote? So what are we doing, Casablanca 1, Toy Story 2? Casablanca 1, Toy Story 2. Oh, uh, give me a second. Um, okay. okay. Ready? Three, two, one, reveal. All right, cool, cool. It was, it was a last-minute change-up. I'm not going to lie. You it was changed almost it up three, last three minute, really? I did, because I'm staring at Casablanca. I'm like, I'm going to go Casablanca. I'm like, no, Toy Story's got a good fighting. I'm going to switch to Toy Story. It was a last-minute right. change-up. You, so you, you, you did what I should have done with, with, with Groundhog Day is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, it was a last-minute last minute change-up. If, so if they were made at the same time, I would have voted Toy Story. But it's just, it's hard to, I don't know, with how old Casablanca is, you can see that it, you know. It started yeah, no, a lot it, of things that you know, I mean, Toy Story yeah. could have built off of the theory. Your 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 argument, Jordan, with with you know Toy Story playing off my Toy Story, you know, changed the way animated films were done, you know, going forward. But Casablanca changed filmmaking in general for yeah. in ge- forever. Uh, Jordan, yeah. I, no, I, I, go ahead. It, it was, like I said, it was last minute decision, but I was I was leaning towards Casablanca and was like, no, I got to give Toy Story some credit, and I switched up last minute. So. I do I do need to tell you an unrelated. Um, you awoke. Uh, a memory in me of the brave little toaster. <laughs> I forgot about that movie, the scene where they're at the junkyard and the cars yeah. are getting crushed. Yeah. That was the first time I felt existential dread. Yeah. I think I was nine years old and I just couldn't understand why I felt so like terrible watching that scene. I just, I couldn't put it into words, but the idea of the car, like, Hey, I just, I can't, I can't get started. What's the deal? And it gets crushed to death. It's like, fuck. Join us, join us next season for brave little toaster in review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I said, like I thought of it when we were when you started talking about the whole Toy Story did all this other stuff, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, the toys come into life. Yeah, hmm. kind of reminds me of Brave Little Toaster, you know, Beck, when everything came to life in Toy Story. And, Beck and I and shared a look when you when you dropped Brave Little Toaster. Both of us were like, fuck, I haven't thought about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, that was the first time I felt existential dread, and uh, you brought all those memories back, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. That that, that yeah, taught me what I can do. That was the first experience I had to death 
was the pre-roll <laughs> toss. <laughs> so, so Casablanca beats out Toy Story, with a uh, making it to round two with a two-to-one vote. And we move on to uh, the one I've least looked forward to this entire week is Parasite versus Split. Mm-hmm. Parasite v. Split is, is, our, is our next next talking point. All right, so you guys want me to kick this one off because of Parasite? Yep. I mean, yeah, if you want to. That's your All baby. Right. Now, That's my I baby. just need to know before you jump into this, are you bringing the original Parasite that we reviewed in, in earlier in Season 2, or are you bringing the new black and white version that you watched? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it does make a difference, just no, to be clear. OG Parasite. OG Parasite. Okay, think, so not the black yeah. and white remake. Mm, he's already been influenced by the Arthur's well, craft of the black and white. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, with Casablanca mixed in, I wasn't sure which way he was going. That could that yeah. could throw the argument. So now, only only one black and movie, black and white movie per turn. Here it goes. My, okay. my favorite just, part just of Parasite was that it was in black and white. We go, what? Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. I'll kick this off. So my two minutes starts now. So it is no surprise, I've said many, many times, I love Parasite. Parasite hit me in a very, very unique way that I never expected going into it. Um, Korean film won the Oscar in 2019, but that's not what makes it a great movie. What makes it a perfect, not a great movie, a perfect movie is its level of storytelling, its detail, the way, similar to A Quiet Place, similar to, similar to Casablanca, the way it can tell stories and portray emotion with such focus on just the surrounding rather than saying it you know it it, it shows the viewer rather than telling them what they're supposed to feel it shows them what they're supposed to feel you know scenes such as you know seeing the 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 lower class getting getting flooded and them scrounging for scraps to 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 work their way into the higher class to take over this family that it tells so many stories of classism and you know bad people are bad people no matter no matter what and there really is no change. You know, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, everyone has problems and those problems don't go away with more money. You can't get rid of them with more money. You know, you have to deal with those problems from within. And it ends in a phenomenal way where it comes full circle. You know, a family that thinks themselves trying to get themselves out of the scraps ends up worse than they were before because of the actions that they took. Um, Split, on the other hand, I got to speed run through Split. Split, on the other hand, is M. Night Shyamalan. It is Six Sense 2.0. You know, the shocker at the end where it ties into the Unbreakable universe, which Unbreakable is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time that isn't a superhero movie. But Split, much like Joker, deals with takes on mental illness in unique ways, albeit not necessarily accurate ways. And the acting alone from James McAvoy in that movie, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a master class. He plays nine different characters. That's my two. <laughs> I wanted to keep going. <laughs> that was great. That was great. He nine plays different nine characters. characters. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I, wow, I, you've I, got me sold. I, played a, I, played, I pulled a Jordan when I, where I spent a, a minute and 40 seconds on Parasite. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, um, come on, Eric. You, season two, we've had Parasite. You didn't have to go into much detail with that one. Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Um, who's who's going next? Who we got next? Zach, you want to take it again? And I'll go last again. Yeah, I, yeah, I can take next. Um, okay. All right. Two minutes begins now. Uh, split. Holy shit, James McAvoy. Uh, 
uh, Split, also known as I like to call it 23 and Me. Um, movie, of <laughs> course, about, you know, uh, split personalities. And I just... The magic of watching James McAvoy transform from character to character is amazing. You can see he goes from, like, these very soft, like, kind of... I don't know how he changes his face so much, but he just goes from looking like a small child to turning into this absolute monster. And it's just absolutely incredible how he changes his facial expressions and how he can make the veins pop out in his head and how just it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, Parasite uh, saw the first time very recently here. Um, as Eric said, just absolutely loved the class divide. And something that I kind of appreciated is the rich people weren't necessarily, they weren't like painted as these evil assholes. You know, they were just people. And as Eric said, they had problems just like them. And uh, one of the most powerful scenes, in my opinion, Eric touched on it, was you look at the rich people laying in their nice house and it's just a little bit of rain and they're sleeping and life's so good. And literally beneath them, down the hills, these people are just having sewage poured into their house and they're having to scoop it out of the, the windows, just trying to, you know, save what they can. And uh, also, as Eric touched on, just the it just kind of shows towards the end, you know, trying to improve your place through less than honest means can often backfire on you, and you can end off much worse than than you were to start with. Um, very impressive writing. Um, as I as I said, this kind of came it came out during like the beginning of COVID and things like that, and I wasn't able to watch it, but being able to see it now, um, just absolutely loved the the writing. Very good movie. That's two minutes. All right, Jonah, Jordan, bring us home. All right. Two minutes starts now. All right, so I'll start with Parasite. And I'm not going to go too crazy because, like, earlier in the season, we watched this movie, and I was really shocked coming into this. Not what I expected. I thought it was going to be some type of horror crazy story. But instead, what I got was a very, very good story, uh, like you said, uh, about the different classes, you know, and it even goes to show you that all over the place, anywhere around the world, you're going to have these scenarios. But one of the things I want to hit on that you guys didn't is the visual aspects. That storm was a great, um, great scene, not just for storytelling, but the visual aspects of it were amazing, too. And I would love to go back and rewatch this in black and white, like you've mentioned, Eric. Uh, and it probably wouldn't change my thoughts on this movie either way, but I would appreciate more of the cinematic side of it. Uh, but all in all, it was a great movie. Uh, the performances by the different actors and then the way the story unfolds uh, is great when you realize that all these different classes are all pretty much the same when it comes down to it. But at the same time, you split over to this other movie here that we have. This movie, an M. Night Shyamalan any type of movie he has, I feel, in my opinion, is always a flip of a coin. Heads, it's great. Tails, it's not. This was one of the better movies. Uh, all of his movies I can divide into I like or I don't like. There, I haven't found one that's like, eh, it was okay. It's either that was a great movie or it's, no, I don't like that movie. But the thing I, I don't like about this movie is that I feel like it relies too much on the performance, which was an amazing performance. All those different characters... Um, all at once, um, McAvoy did great, great job. And the transition, especially towards the end, where he's just transitioning from one to the other to the other, 
great, great performance. Visual effects were really, really good. The supporting cast also really, really good. But I feel like even though this is a really, really good movie, it relies too much on the fact that McAvoy. That's pretty much. It just I think it relies too much on McAvoy. That's a complete thought. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I can stretch it out with a couple extra words, but that's my sentence. You know, it's, it relies too much on him. You know, oh, I, now his we have performance to, tells that movie. Now we have to vote on this. That was um, yeah. I, wow. This is a hard one. I'm not gonna lie. This is a really hard one. Um, I think I, after what I just said, I think I convinced myself which way I'm going. But we uh, we ready to we ready to vote on this one? Yep. So one is Parasite, two is Split. Yes, one sir. is Parasite, two is Split. Okay. Reveal in three, two, one. <gasps> oh! In a, what? In a split decision. Oh my god! I oh, did not. So last minute change up. Okay. I did not expect that. Just, oh goodness. So, two to one, Parasite. Two to one, Parasite beat out Split. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I thought for sure. I would have almost put money on the fact that I would have been the only one to vote for Parasite. No, because I I, I will say, because it was my argument that kind of pushed me towards Parasite versus Split. Um, I Like I said, I think Split was an amazing movie, but I think it relies too much on a, being a perfect movie on the fact that McAvoy did his performance. If you take him out of it, put someone else in that, I don't know if it'd be a strong movie. Uh, I think his performance is what sold that movie, which was one hell of a performance. Versus Be- on the other side, Parasite relied on many things to tell the story. Beck, and I, I had think a- that's where my argument goes. And on Beck's argument, I had no idea where you were going to vote with your with your with your description of both of them. I had no idea you were. It, it could have gone either way. It, it wasn't easy, but as Jordan said, McAvoy was the movie, and I think he was just so great. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I agree with you. I mean, movie. he was amazing. Yeah. But I'm I, just I saying, like if you take the plot out of Parasite, it's not a very good movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, you, if you take, take the best part out of the movie. It's not going to be a good movie. I I rewatched uh, I I rewatched Split and Parasite both for this, um, but uh, in Split when I rewatched it, I was like, man, I'm not. I just don't, I'm not looking forward to this matchup. No. <laughs> I was like, I'm really not. That, that one was the one that I was the most concerned about was that matchup there. Oh God! Well, it is it is over now. Parasite emerges victorious. To my surprise, I was not expecting that. Um, then we get to the last matchup of today ladies and gentlemen which is a battle between titans oceans 11 versus the dark knight that's right ladies and gentlemen oceans 11 versus the dark knight a david and goliath story groundhog day could not take down shawshank redemption but let's see what happens this week (laughs) i i I will i will say though i don't care what the next section brings i'm just so glad that after you give me a hard time for putting this movie on the brackets that you gave me the respect after watching it again that's all i asked for i don't care if it wins anymore i got my respect for it making it to the bracket i did i did watch oceans 11 again before this and i was like i was like it's fun i was like it's fun i enjoyed it all right uh jordan oceans 11 man you gotta kick us off for this one all right well, i'll kick it off all right. two minutes starts now all right oceans 11 um, although it could be argued that it is, might not be a perfect movie, I feel that it is because, in my opinion, this was one of the movies that not only do you have an amazing cast of great performers coming together and just bouncing off each other throughout this whole movie. 
Uh, and I think that makes it what it is. On top of that, you have a great story. Um, you know, it's one of those things that they build up, and even though you think you know what's going on, they reveal what actually happens at the end, um, which is always a classic in storytelling. And, and you know, when done right, tells a great story. Uh, but even the the audio and the different um, cinematic uh, techniques that they put in this movie, and in fact, it takes place in Las Vegas, you know, covers most of that in general. But all in all, I think it can be a great contender because of the multiple performances coming together in one. Now, since I'm on performances, I have to give credit in The Dark Knight because, again, great movie with multiple great performers coming together. But the Joker that I see in The Dark Knight is the Joker that I've always expected. Now, I might be spoiled because after seeing um, this Joker by Heath Ledger... I mean, nothing else is comparable to me. Um, but the performance that he gives throughout this whole movie, uh, and even Christian Bale and everyone else, I mean, you have a great, great cast. All in all, I think The Dark Knight is a darker version of a superhero movie, one that we can relate to, but goes deep, um, especially with the whole you know city trying to burn and also trying to be saved at the same time. Uh, I don't know how much time I have left, so I don't want to go too far. But both seconds. are really, really great movies. What was that? 15 seconds. Okay. Uh, th- yeah. Then I'll just stop there. I don't want to go too. Far. <laughs> then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I'm done. <laughs> oh man. All right, Beck. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna take, take uh, your shot on this one. Yeah. Sure. Two minutes begins now. All right. With our boy uh, Ocean's Eleven. Story of Dapper Danny Ocean, played by George Clooney. This is one of those. Where something I love Eric says is a star-studded cast, you name them, they're in it. You know, yeah, George Clooney, <laughs> obviously, Julia Roberts, Brad Pitt, Catherine Z- Zeta-Jones, Matt Damon, uh, Don Cheadle, fucking Bernie Mac's in there. That one, I, I didn't remember Bernie Mac being in the movie, but yeah. Um, fantastic movie. Um, I love heist movies. I love kind of the story. I love the Robin Hood type story of they go in with a code. You know, you're not stealing from people who don't deserve it. You're not you're not just gonna just go and rob a homeless guy that sort of thing, um, and you know you, you play the game like you got nothing to lose, which I think that can apply to pretty much anything. Um, Dark Knight, obviously, Dark Knight, Christian Bale, um, and as Jordan said, Heath Ledger, <clears throat> he is in my mind still the Joker. Um, just how erratic he would act. He he just it's one of those situations where if you were near him you would feel incredibly uncomfortable. You know, you don't wanna ignore him because you think he'll take offense to that and shoot you in the head. Or you don't want to laugh at it because he'll take it the wrong way and shoot you in the head. Um he just he just plays such a good character, very unhinged individual. Um and just it's gotta be said that that scene where he blows up the hospital, man. That was Oh yeah. That's uh, probably my favorite scene from pretty much any movie. Is he's just sitting there, just playing with playing with the little clicker, and right. until it goes off, he's like, "Oh!" And you hear that that was a real thing where Heath Ledger was like, "Shit's not working. It's supposed to be blown up." Um, oh yeah. And then and then he jumps when it blows up because he wasn't. He thought he thought they were about to cut. Um, but yes, both both good movies all around. All right, all right. I'll let the five seconds roll off the clock on this one. Ah. Okay, I'll bring it home. The final two minutes of the final matchup of week one of March Madness. 
Okay, so I'm going to start with Ocean's Eleven as well. Ocean's Eleven, as I gave Jordan credit, is a much more fun film than I remember it being. I never had a problem with the Ocean's franchise before, but in kind of as Beck said, heist movies are always fun. They, they, they follow a, a, a formula that works, the Robin Hood formula, the men with a code, the cast that comes together. I refuse to say star-studded because Beck called me out on my shit. The <laughs> cast that comes together. <laughs> um, that just happens to have stars in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> works and meshes so incredibly well together. Ocean's Eleven is, to me, a, a, a good definition of the type of movie that, that was released in the 2000s. And it, and it holds very, very true to that style of filmmaking, and there's nothing wrong with that. It is phenomenal in its own way, and it's super, super fun to watch. After watching Ocean's Eleven, I intend to go back and watch 12 um, and 13 in it's that it's just the type of movie that 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 defined filmmaking in the 2000s. Um, on the flip side of that is The Dark Knight, which if Ocean's Eleven is the type of movie that defined the filmmaking in the 2000s, The Dark Knight is the movie that revolutionized filmmaking in the 2000s. Um, it changed the way we look at superhero films. They're not just campy things. You know, I was a huge fan of Batman Begins. Batman Begins was a phenomenal Batman story, but The Dark Knight is a phenomenal film not just a batman story batman is the least interesting character in the dark knight we've already preached the graces of you know, of, of the late heath ledger and everything that he's done so i'm not going to you know, spend too much time on that but you take a man from 10 things i hate about you and becomes the joker and you lose him in that role lose him in that character michael Caine. i mean just the the way everything was paced and broken down and visually shot christopher nolan is a magician when it comes to visual storytelling um, and that's my two. Oh man, I was waiting for you to get onto the audio cue. <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> I couldn't though. I couldn't. I, I know we've talked about that multiple times. It's the audio is all over the place with his movies. Um, but let's uh, let's vote in the final vote for week one. All right, so we doing one for Ocean's Eleven, two for Dark Knight. One for Ocean's Eleven, two for Dark Knight. Reveal them in three, two. One. Oh. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. Okay. <laughs> I think Beck just made a uh, just just did last minute. Yeah, he's like, one. oh, they've done it. I, I need to do my last minute. You know, change up. Don't you, gotta you be careful. judge my choice of the most perfect movie. <laughs> all right, I thought this was a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. In all fairness, I mean, I was the one that brought Ocean's Eleven to the table, but I just recently watched The Dark Knight. And I'm like, man, it's good. <laughs> I know, and I granted, I know I'm I'm kind of relying heavy on Heath Ledger's performance. You know, it's not just that. Of, he's, I mean, Heath Ledger's performance. I mean, is that that made a lot f- of it. But yeah, the Chris Nolan's whole saw, overall Batman, yeah. everything was amazing in that. I saw Lucian's Eleven fairly recently, but I haven't seen The Dark Knight in a good good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Like I I re I rewatched um, Dark Knight, but I haven't seen Ocean's Eleven in a while. So I think that's why. If I had rewatched Ocean's Eleven, it might sway back and forth, but. Shout, shout out to Dark Knight. Dark Knight being uh, movie number 11, as opposed to Ocean 11. <laughs> that, that's right. I, I, I just wrote 11, and I went, wait, I thought it was... Oh, yeah. So yeah, before right, we uh, number 11 and out of the 16. So before we wrap up this episode, let me give the, uh, the full breakdown of what we're going into week two with. The quarterfinals of the March Madness. We have uh, Shawshank Redemption beating out Groundhog Day. Tombstone beating out the usual suspects. So next week we've got Shawshank v. Tombstone as the first matchup. 
Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark beat out Breakfast Club, and A Quiet Place beat out Boondock Saints. So we have Raiders versus A Quiet Place in game number two next week. Uh, Rocky beating out Joker and Casablanca beating out Toy Story in now a horribly, uh, much like Parasite and Split, this is my new least favorite matchup, Rocky v. Casablanca. That's going to be a toughie. Yeah, that will be. Uh, Parasite beating out Split and Dark Knight beating out Ocean's Eleven. We have Parasite versus Dark Knight Ooh. in game number four next week. So the uh, the field is thinning, ladies and gentlemen. We are... Um, we are getting tougher and tougher as we, we move through already. <laughs> I think um, it was going to be interesting as, as time goes on. Right. <laughs> uh, well, anything else you guys want to add anything before we, before we, before we call it till next week? No, I mean, I'm a, I'm excited for, uh, what we have. Um, I was kind of surprised with some of these, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what we do uh, next week. So, I mean, unless you got anything else back, Eric, I'll let you take out. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for this very special episode one of the four episode March Madness special wrapping up season two. We hope you enjoyed uh, this episode and that you continue listening for the rest of the tournament. It's going to get more detailed. It's gets gruel. It's going to get grueling. There might be some tears, some bloodshed. We might throw bows like Johnny Cage digitally. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, but we want to listen. We want to hear from you what you think of this tournament style that we're doing. Whether you want us to continue this uh, for for future different types of films, we you know we we'd love to hear back from you. So don't forget you can follow us on any social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Hoodoo Presents to share what you think of our picks and share what you would have on your personal perfect films of all time list. So until next time, I defer to Jordan. Well, I know I was surprised with some of these, as I'm sure everyone else is. But I am super excited for next week. Um, so until, we, until then, I'm just going to let the credits roll. Man, guys, seriously. <laughs> I, I kind of wish Brave Little Toaster was on this bracket now. Like, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I really want to put it back on the bracket. Brave Little Toaster in review. You created a chain, like, like neurons firing, and I felt like I was having a stroke. It was like, uh, Brave Little Toaster, <laughs> Iron Giant, uh, Oh, I was all over the place, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you started it with the whole Toy Story thing. I'm like, man, James in the Pajai Peach rescues down under. The toaster, (laughs) brave little toaster. Uh, that was huh. a that was a good pull, man. I uh, that wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I have to I say thanks for you. You know, you setting me up for that was great. But um, great little toaster drop. I, I I'm sorry that Split didn't carry on. I mean, I know you're happy with Parasite, but. There, there was, was some a, tough ones. That was a tough so one. I, th- I mean, that was your toughest out of the whole bracket, was it right, Eric? James McAvoy is a godsend in that movie, dude. Oh, he, he definitely is, was. It is. It is. And like, like I said, when in my in my two minutes re rewatching both of those films this week, I was like, "Fucking Christ, it's hard to ch- James just James McAvoy alone. It's just right. hard to argue against that." Mm-hmm. I mean. Now, we, want, we talk about Heath Ledger getting lost in the Joker. Like James McAvoy was basically that, but nine yeah. different times. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the fact that 
when I watch The Dark Knight, I do not see Heath Ledger. I literally just no. see the Joker. Like, I have right. to remind myself, it's Heath Ledger. I'm like, there's no way it's Heath Ledger. Like, I know it's Heath Ledger, but I, I do not see Heath Ledger at all. Like, most actors have a, a unique style. So it's like, oh, yeah, I know that's Clooney. It doesn't matter what you put on him. You put him in a Batman mask or put him, you know, Rob in the casino. It's still Clooney. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, this it was a whole other person. But I, I remember... Next Saints in a Quiet Place was my, like, hard hard one that that Real one quick, was I, I remember i remember with the heath ledger i wanted to touch on this but the um and we i'm sure I'll, we'll touch on it next week because we have to talk about it again uh but that heath ledger was when he was cast you know people gave him so much shit you know the guy from 10 things i hate about you and i was like well i really mm-hmm. like heath ledger but i was like i don't see him being the joker you know and then i saw right. the trailer for the first time, and I was like, fuck, this Joker's dark. And I had forgotten that it was Heath Ledger entirely until his name pops up in the trailer. And I was like, that's fucking Heath Ledger? <laughs> like, I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. You know? You just don't see him. You just see the Joker. Right. You know? Yeah. So, right, Beck, what was your... Um, I, I know Eric and I both had our like matchup for round one that was rough, but what was yours? Like, What was your worst... Uh, match up this one for this first round got either between tombstone and the usual suspects because those are my two favorite movies i, I kind of wondered because you brought both of this to and the then bracket, so i kind of figured that was going to be one of your harder and then ones rocky rocky and the goddamn joker oh yeah that, that one upset one. me a lot because i really like both of those movies and i had to, yeah, I, I voted okay. against myself in that one yeah, well, I like how we all kind of had our like split decisions. Like, I don't know which way to yeah, go. Yeah, I voted. Like, I, I voted I, for your Ocean's Eleven, and you jump ship to the Dark Knight. I well, I told Eric ahead of time just the fact that Ocean's Eleven was on here. Like, I love Ocean's no, Eleven. No, because Eric bull- Eric the bullied you into voting for the Dark Knight, and you know it. No, 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 I can't give him credit. Like rewatching the Dark Knight, like I I was trying not. <laughs> to go and watch uh, The Dark Knight Rises because I finished The Dark Knight the other day. I'm like, man, I still got like two or three movies that I haven't seen, like The Usual Suspect and Tombstone. Like, I still need to watch those, but I really just want to go on and keep watching Christopher Nolan's Batman. You, so, you like, can say all you want, away. but all I see is battered wife syndrome. You're coming up with these things why you think it was your idea to vote for The Dark Knight, but you know it's because he bullied you into it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure this out next week. Oh, God love it. God love it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 